1: Welcome to hour number two of the morning after live right here on this Thursday on Sports Grid and Sirius XM, channel 159. It's the home of the Sports Grid Radio Network on Sirius XM, all across the Spiz Grizz network. You bet it, that's Sports Grid. I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us here on this Thursday. One hour left of our show on the morning after. We'll continue to look around the National Football League. We'll look at Thursday night football in the rest of the Sunday slate. Just five weeks remaining here in this NFL regular season. The hunt for the postseason. Very much on top of everybody's mind around the National Football League. Tiger Woods is back on the golf course this weekend. The match is on Saturday. The seventh version of it. It's Tiger and Rory versus Jordan and Justin. Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas. Cam Rogers makes his return to the morning after to help us break down what we can expect over the weekend in the match seven and our sports professor rick horo is here for who knows anyway so we start off this second hour with a collegiate sports capsule a big night in college basketball once again the yukon huskies are a perfect 10-0 basketball team dan hurley has those boys in stores last night in gainesville playing really supreme basketball at this moment. We talked about this game yesterday, both with John Rothstein and as our bye-bye-bye best bet. The number was intriguing. UConn, a perfect 9-0 team at the point, looking for their 10th win of the season, only a four-and-a-half-point road favorite. Yes, in the swamp in Gainesville, but only a four-and-a-half-point favorite. UConn made us look really good yesterday. A 21-point victory, 75 50. Adama Sonogo is one of the best big men in all of the Big East. His points prop entering yesterday, 15 and a half. He had 17 points in only 20 minutes of action. His rebounding prop, six and a half. He had seven boards in only 20 minutes of action. There's also another big man that Dan Hurley throws into the rotation off the bench. His name is Donovan Klingon. He had 16 points as well. Some big, big guys there for UConn in stores. And again, the Huskies, a perfect 10-0, 9-0-1 against the number to start off this season. And UConn's price as the favorites to win the Big East, growing just a tad shorter after the win last night on the road in the Swamp. Plus 150 yesterday, now plus 130. 40 cents ahead of Creighton, where things stand currently in the Big East. From the Big East to the Big Ten we go. Indiana inside Assembly Hall last night hosting Nebraska in the second Big Ten game for the Hoosiers. They lost their opening game on the road in the rack in New Jersey against Rutgers. It was a dismal offensive performance for IU. But listen, winning in the rack is a very difficult thing to do. That was their first Big Ten game over the weekend. Indiana responds with their first Big Ten victory last night inside Assembly Hall. 81 65 for IU, the Hoosiers covering as a 12 and a half point favorite. The focus in college basketball, the focus here on this segment, something that makes me grin ear to ear is that big men are still a prominent feature of college hoops. We mentioned Adama Sinogo, Donovan Klingen for Indiana, the preseason Big Ten player of the year, TJD, Trace Jackson Davis, a triple double last night against the Huskers, 12 points. 11 boards, 10 dimes for TJD, evolving his game as well for Mike Woodson and Indiana. A welcome to our Sports Grid radio audience here, the second hour of the morning after, live right here all across the Sports Grid network, Sirius XM channel 159, and all of our terrestrial radio affiliates now in the fold as well. I am Ben Stevens, a Big Ten debut for Michigan State last night as the Spartans Look to Actually, it was not their first game. The Spartans lost their first game in Big Ten play. Excuse me. It was Penn State's Big Ten opener at home in State College, hosting the Spartans of MSU. Michigan State, the last couple of years, has had issues with Northwestern early on in the Big Ten basketball season. MSU losing to the Wildcats in their Big Ten opener over the weekend, but bouncing back last night on the road. It was Michigan State actually booked as a a four-and-a-half-point underdog against the Nittany Lions last night, and MSU wins outright 67-58. So a big response for Michigan State as they get rolling here in their Big Ten season. Now, Michigan State made a drastic move to start off the year. Of course, you remember their game in Indianapolis, upsetting Kentucky. They vault into the top 25. MSU drops out of the AP poll entering this week. They've had a ton of injuries so far, namely Malik Hall, one of their returning production players from a season ago if they get healthy i think michigan state will still factor into the race in the big 10 as we look at those conference odds as well like we did yesterday with john rosty now purdue is still the favorite sorry botch a big win for purdue against your hofster pride last night purdue even covering as a 16 and a half point favorite with a 19 point victory in west lafayette and zach edie had a ton of points and rebounds i think he had 20 and 18 illinois the second best price in the big 10 plus 320 indiana starting to move up the board plus 390 there's iowa there's maryland there's rutgers there's wisconsin ohio state's been a top 25 team michigan's been a top 25 team michigan state of course this is the theory for the big 10 conference as it has been laid out the last few seasons in college basketball The Big Ten, again, in position to be in position. They'll send seven to nine teams to the NCAA tournament, but the Big Ten Conference has not won a men's basketball national championship in 22 years. They look to change that here in 2022, 23. Our sports professor, Rick Horo, is here. Buckle up, we're back next Watch your step because our sports professor, Rick Horro, is about to drop some knowledge live right here on the morning after on this Thursday on sports Grid. Rick Horro back from the 2022 FIFA World Cup where he was in Qatar or Cutter or is it Qatar? Rick, let's start there. What was the pronunciation that you landed on? Is it Cutter or is it Qatar?
2: They pronounce it Qatar when you look at their promotional material. But then when you Mm. try to get sophisticated with the uh, Arabian pronunciation, it's Qatar. Mm. And then it's going closer to Qatar. So I'm sitting in my hotel room and be in sports, which monopolizes everything. It's a Qatar headquarter company that has the uh, Middle Eastern and African rights to the World Cup. 900 million viewers total, total, including nearly 3 million for the opening ceremony, $113 113 million for the opening ceremony. They they kind of made you watch it, but so I'm sitting there watching through a YouTube, I guess, transmittal, and I watch Benny and the Bets. I've never seen Benny and the Bets before. I just said off the yeah. air. It took me what we've been working together for a year, two two years plus. I have to go over to yeah. Qatar to see Benny and the Bets, but that was good. Let me tell you why. Because Thanksgiving Please. Thursday, right before yeah. the uh, England game. I'm looking around for turkey, and the only thing I could find was this old piece of turkey bacon that I held up and then ate. So you were a slice of Americana that was long overdue. I even watched you from beginning to end and liked it, which is unusual. I thought you were calling me a turkey, which I was going to be very offended <laughs> by, but I'm glad that <laughs> no, it was just a piece of turkey bacon. <laughs> I wouldn't go in there. Don't worry about it. I wouldn't go All right, there. Good. But the All right. event was amazing. So, Rick, here we are. It was just amazing. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, fantastic. Well, Not I, I want your thoughts done. on what we've seen from a World Cup perspective As well, because, you know, starting tomorrow, the quarterfinals begin. Then there was just eight remaining in Qatar or Qatar. The quarterfinals starting on a Friday morning. These are the eight prices available, Rick, for the eight sides looking to hoist a 2022 World Cup trophy. From a betting handle, as we dive into these numbers, what has it looked like here in the States for American sportsbook operators in terms of the handle on the 2022 World Cup?
2: Handle is much better than expected. Everybody would have thought that that Friday game, the Black Friday game, when everybody was tired of turkey and wanted to get out, and their choices were an old Ohio State game, uh, uh, excuse me, Iowa uh, Iowa State game, or some other big, big, uh, big twelve game. That was Iowa offered. Nebraska, or- Iowa was Nebraska, Rick, all right, all where the this, Huskers pulled right. off
1: the upset, keeping Iowa out <laughs> of the Big Ten title game. Don't you use that as the reason? To try to slander college football, but continue, please. Thank you.
2: No, but Nebraska really was good table setters, right? They win in in in, uh, they lose in Dublin at the beginning of the year Northwestern, and then the last thing you think about is Nebraska. But the deal was the US England 0-0 tie, they needed that to put themselves in the position for the magnificent game against Iran. The betting handle was off the charts internationally handle off the charts. We're looking at billions, not just millions. And the idea here from a broader perspective is here's a country the size of Connecticut. They're watching everybody. The three million people, 15 percent are Qatari born. So everybody's from somewhere else. Uh, You know, all the the investigative journalism about people dying and all. I'm not minimizing that. I'm just suggesting that that's kind of beyond my investigative pay grade. They put on an amazing logistical World Cup, you're never in your life again going to see up to four Super Bowl-type activities a day in the group stage within eight stadiums and 32 miles. Uh, And if you want to drink, you stay in your Western Hotel and you scoff at the one across the street, which was the headquarters hotel for Budweiser that became Bud Mm. Zero overnight, and it looked like a ghost town, as you might expect.
1: Rick, did you have any beer in Qatar?
2: Oh, of course, I mean, yes uh, I don't know if you can admit it uh, Like, you know, uh, did you Smoke marijuana f- 30 years ago In this country, I'm not going to answer that one And, and uh, you know, I'm not going to I'm not going to answer how much you, Don't incriminate you yourself, Rick I said, I'm not going to answer it Alright, so I'm setting it up by telling you no I'm smarter than that But there was gotcha. a lot of have and have nots The Western Hotels Opulent, St. Regis, Four Seasons And on a descending order, the countries who had standings that could justify number one to number thirty two got to pick their hotels. Cutter you know stayed there. number thirty one got to stay out in the desert at a Bedouin tent. That wasn't that bad. but number one to number thirty one the hotels were embraced by the the countries that traveled prolifically, thanks to cutter Air. Eighty thousand Mexicans. In the, uh, in, in the region, just to give you a number that I understand, every other country, Morocco traveled prolifically. They're rewarded by having one of eight spots that are left. And it was a cultural melting pot. Of course it would be. You're spending $400 right. billion, Remember that. $400 billion on infrastructure and stadiums. If you and I had $400 billion, uh, I guarantee you we would have an interesting list. It wouldn't include roads, though. Sorry. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. I didn't really follow the last part there, but that's fine. Thursday Night Football, Rick Horro. It is tonight. Week 14 begins in Los Angeles between the Rams and the Raiders, of course, on Amazon Prime. How have the numbers looked so far this year for Amazon Prime and their presentation of Thursday Night Football?
2: Uh, pretty good. Uh, and, and you got to remember that we look at the Amazon numbers differently than we look at uh, other companies' numbers because 8 to mm-hmm. 10 million stabilized including an anomaly game, which was the Philadelphia Houston. There was another Philadelphia Houston game in another sport. that was directly competitive. But when you look at all of the others, uh, that's near what last year's Thursday night football draws. But let's remember that Amazon is not just interested in that, but they're interested in the signups to their network on a monthly basis. Mm -hmm. And we see those reports quarterly. So I'm sure they're happy. With some of the games, some are dogs, some are not, uh, uh, you know, that that's the schedule uh, as well. A lot of right. them are dogs and not. And they bent over backwards Thursday night schedule to look great. But who'd expected the Rams to be 3-9 and nine going into this game and on and on?
1: Right. On paper, this game early in the year was probably going to be one of the best with a playoff team in the Raiders, who's still two games below 500, and the Rams, who have lost six straight. The worst Super Bowl hangover ever, worse than after Rick Horro slammed some beers over there in Qatar for the 2022 World Cup. So from from, from professional football, Rick, to college football, the regular season is now done. Conference championships are now done. The median watching for college football this year up in terms of viewership and some of these biggest games of the year, including the game, Ohio State and Michigan on Fox Thanksgiving weekend, 17.1 million. Rick, as you will see here from this tweet from the athletic Stuart Mandel, nine out of the 10 most watched games in college football this year had an SEC or a Big Ten team or multiple teams from those conferences so rick in this ever-changing landscape of college sports with big tv rights deals on the horizon how do the conferences and the networks use these numbers to
2: negotiate these new deals well they use prior numbers and then they update them if they're good they ignore them if they're bad and hopefully people don't notice it but this year it's a pretty good number for everybody Uh, Army-Navy is even going to be up, even though the teams aren't that great this year. But uh, the college regular season isn't really over. Uh, It is for all intents and purposes. But So the negotiating now is kind of at a hiatus until such time as we can factor in the final 12-team playoff structure. The ADs are left with the details. The college president is saying, we want to do it. We pay you. You guys get it done. And they will. We understand what's happening with the 12 and the four buys, and then the top four yep. of the remaining eight get home field. Now, questions nagging like Camellia Bowl, do they? Well, you know where they go. What, what you know? What, what about what about some of the others? So, the bottom line of all this. Now, this is a definition, my friend, and your good friend, yeah. of a filibuster, because usually when I take you to break, okay, you you hand to me with about 40 seconds. Now you hand it to me with a minute ten. So I know people are tired of this, but you're not speaking until the commercial is over. And I will tell you, Ben is one of the best in the business. So if I were you all, I would wait till the commercial is over.
0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: Anytime Tiger Woods graces us with his pa- with his presence, excuse me, it is a huge deal. But when he's on the golf course, even in an exhibition match, it still becomes all that much more important. Thank you for joining us here on this Thursday live on the morning after on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel One Fifty Nine. Another person gracing us with his presence, Cam Rogers, back here on TMA to preview the match seven between Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy, teammates against Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas. Cam, thank you for joining us. It's been a long time. We are glad to have you back here on TMA.
3: What's going on, Ben? Good to be with you. December is Tiger month. Of course, we saw him at the Hero World Challenge. Unfortunately, could not play. We're going to see him this Saturday. We'll see him at the PNC as well, so it should be fun
1: the PNZ championship next weekend. It is that parent child event on the golf course where young Chuck Woods, Charlie, as he is known will play alongside his father, the big cat in tiger woods this week. First came only one market available as of right now, for the match seven. Generally, there's been a ton to get to with props and betting on live holes and all of that that probably will become available later in this week. Listen, we understand from the sportsbook's perspective, it is a very busy time of year. The NFL, college football, NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball is picking up with the hot stove, and of course, the 2022 FIFA World Cup. But in the only market available right now, Cam, as it stands, Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, the childhood best friends, a slight favorite at minus 125 against Tiger and Rory. How do you break down the matchup, Cam, between these two twosomes?
3: Well, let me tell you, Ben, I am five and two lifetime with projecting the winner of the match. So I am somewhat of a, the match savant. So let me just set the scene here, Ben, because some new elements to the match. In that this is going to be a prime time event under the light, 6 o'clock Eastern time at Pelican Golf Club in Florida. Okay, so that's an interesting element too. We're seeing Jordan Spieth for the first time in the match. Keep that in mind as well. You know, and you got to talk about the chemistry that Spieth and Justin Thomas have. Especially in terms of their record together, so you know you talk about match play. Spieth went five and zero at the Ryder Cup. JT, of course, won a major in 2022. They have an eight two and zero record in team events since 2018. Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas Ben grew up with each other. Now, of course, Rory and Tiger have some pretty good chemistry too. But the Seeds of friendship run deep here for Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas. We've all seen that picture of them at age like 13, hanging out with each other on the golf course and all of that. So rightfully so, they are the favorites here for the match seven. You lay that juice, minus 125 with Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth here. I don't want anybody out there to overanalyze this matchup, and I would hate to sort of go into this Tiger slander mode because he is the GOAT. But let's be real ben all right we're putting our money yeah. on the line he's dealing with plantar fasciitis he struggles to walk a golf course they will be in carts but still tiger is very much the weakest link of these four and jordan spieth and justin thomas are playing really good golf i'm surprised this number isn't like minus 155 or something along those lines i would jump on this now
1: i think the sportsbook's probably already getting too many bets on tiger woods and rory mcroy you mentioned it cam he did not play in the Hero World Challenge last week, the event that he is the host for. He was anticipated to be in the field as that got announced, but had to withdraw due to plantar fasciitis in his foot, as Tiger himself said. He can hit golf balls. He can hit the golf ball pretty well right now. The issue is walking the hills of a golf course. So being in a cart for the match seven on Saturday evening, how much of a benefit is that, Cam, of Tiger and Rory being competitive against JT and Jordan?
3: You know, I'm going to go on the other end here and be devil's advocate and say that it's probably going to hurt Tiger Woods. And I say this from experience because I've been dealing with plantar fasciitis for the last year or so, all right? It doesn't go away in like a week, I guarantee you. Now, I probably haven't been as good with my stretching regimen and what have you as, say, Tiger Woods is for the match and preparing for that. But here's the thing, Ben. When you are sitting for a long period of time or maybe even a short period of time, and then you get up off of that seat and start walking again, that's when the plantar fascia starts firing. So the most pain from plantar fasciitis, and I'm going into doctor mode here, is actually when you take that first step after sleeping the night before, it is extremely painful. So when you're sitting in a cart, you're not getting your feet warmed up and they're getting a little bit cold and that foot sort of starts firing there. So I think, you know, that's going to be an issue for Tiger Woods and of course, he's still dealing with the effects of that car crash not too long ago too. So again, it's going to have to be on the shoulders of the world number one, Rory McElroy, By the way, this is going to be best ball, right? So it's not like it's alternate shot or something along those lines. If it was, then I would definitely be on JT and Spieth. But Rory is going to have to feel the pressure here and really come through for Tiger because I think Tiger's only going to be very helpful in the putting department and the short game department. I'm just worried about his long game right now.
1: It's a really good point, Cam, and I appreciate you breaking down the structure of the match as well, because that was my next question. I love these made for TV exhibition events because everybody starts out all hunky dory. They're talking a little smack against one another as they walk up to the first tee. And whether it's professional golfers, the best in the game as we have here with Tiger, Rory, JT and Jordan, or even quarterbacks playing on the golf course together as well. When it comes down to the wire, when it comes down to the nitty gritty, those competitive fires of the best athletes in the world. Start to rear their heads out there in this event. So, Cam, how many holes is the match seven? When do you think we can start to see that intensity pick up?
3: Yeah, so it's a 12 hole match. So, I would assume all the jokes, all that good stuff, the banter will be all through and done with by hole five. And then things really start to heat up. And Especially if JT and Speed get a big time lead. I think Tiger goes into Tiger competitive mode. Same with Rory McElroy as well. You look at the history of the match. Phil beat Tiger. Tiger and Peyton Manning beat Phil and Tom Brady. Phil and Charles Barkley beat Manning and Steph Curry. Bryson and Aaron Rodgers beat Phil and Tom Brady. Brooks beat Bryson a year ago. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers beat Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen last summer. So, in fact, Corey first time in the match. Jordan Spieth, first time in the match. Justin Thomas, first time in the match. Tiger Woods, of course, very experienced in that respect. So it's going to be new for a lot of these guys. And playing under the lights, too, like, Ben, we don't play golf under the lights. That's not really a thing. So that's something, too, that they're going to have to adjust to as they go forward. It's going to be a lot of fun. I think that there's going to be some good smack talk. These guys know each other very, very well. And I could see Rory and Tiger actually going on the offensive early, knowing that they are the underdogs to start smack talking and getting under the skin of JT and Spieth.
1: And Cam, as we've mentioned a few times here, the only betting market available for the match currently on the FanDuel Sportsbook is that outright price. JT and Jordan favorite at minus 125. Tiger and Rory even money as the underdogs currently plus 100. But from that strategic perspective that Cam just laid out, There should be more markets available later in the week and live betting options perhaps even as the match plays on on Saturday night. So, of course, we're so excited, thrilled to see Tiger Woods back on a golf course. December is the month of Tiger. He should play this week in the match and is expected in the field next week at the PNC Championship alongside his son, Charlie. But Cam, like you mentioned, Tiger Woods is dealing with a litany of injuries as he has really for the past five to seven years. The last time we saw Tiger in a truly competitive event at the 2022 Open Championship, it was not the best performance at the home of golf at St. Andrews. He missed the cut. So I don't think we'll learn much from the match over Mm -hmm. this weekend. But Cam, as you look at forecasting Tiger Woods moving forward, just how competitive do you think Tiger can still be in the biggest events on a golf course?
3: Yeah, so we got some clues in terms of what his schedule could look like for the 2023 calendar year. Tiger talked about playing all four majors, so that we know. He's going to play in the Masters, the PGA Championship, the U.S. Open, of course, the Open Championship, and then one or two others. My projection is he's going to play the Arnold Palmer Invitational in Florida and then also Jack's tournament, the Memorial Tournament. So he's going to play for two goats, right, Jack and Palmer, in their respective tournaments, and then, of course, the major championships. We shall see if he qualifies for the FedEx Cup. I've been saying this a lot. I think Tiger still has a chance to contend at a Masters and contend at an Open Championship, but he has to get these reps in. He has to go through the proper precautions his proper procedures to get ready for a particular round. And then who knows? Like he talked about it, Ben, and you mentioned it. He can hit the golf shots. Can he walk the golf course? He needs to get ready for Augusta National. I think this month will be a good test for him. Let's study the tape on Saturday. Let's study the tape at the PNC, see how he looks, and then we'll see him at Augusta in April. That's a long time to prepare, Ben, right? And I think he'll be able to prepare better this year than he did last year
1: cam it's spot on really in your assessment of any hope for tiger woods hosting or hoisting another trophy because those courses like augusta it's played at the same course each and every Mm -hmm. year it's a place he knows very well and of course has had tons of success the open given link style is not as hilly or as challenging as say a u.s open so that is an opportunity at least from the health perspective cam he mentioned it he was in his hosting duties last week at the hero world challenge he was a part of many of the broadcasts. he said he still has that fire he still has that hunger to win one more big one and if he is ever able to do that what a story it would be in the world of golf and of course in sports lore as well cam rogers great to have you back on the show the host of the lock it in podcast for believe and here on TMA once again a final check at the odds for the match seven on Saturday evening Jordan Spieth Justin Thomas Thomas the favorites minus 125 Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy their duo the slight underdogs at even money plus 100 cam thank you so much as always
3: thank you Ben go ahead and hammer Jordan Spieth Justin Thomas
1: it's a good number at least at this moment we take an early look at the NFL Sunday slate up next too early to look at the nfl sunday slate that early line approach live right here on a thursday on the morning after on sports Green. of course thursday kicks off a new week in the nfl week 14 begins in los angeles between the rams and the raiders we move past that only four only five final weeks remaining in this nfl regular season so to help us look at the sunday slate it is Harrison Sanford. Sunday slate. He joins the show here on the morning after Harrison live all weekend long on in-game live all access for those live betting approaches. Harrison, thank you so much as always for taking the time to join us here on TMA.
4: My pleasure. I'm, my pleasure. And I will say this. I am happy that this time around we don't have to talk about the Indianapolis Colts playing in primetime
1: this week. Thank goodness. Thank goodness we do not have to do that sincerely because it's been tough the last two weeks speaking of uh, new teams I guess you could say I believe the Colts on a bye this week the Falcons are as well Desmond Ritter has been named the new starting quarterback for Atlanta when the Falcons return from their bye next weekend against the New Orleans Saints the rookie out of Cincinnati we start though Harrison in Buffalo in Western New York in AFC East Divisional showdown between the Bills and and the jets and harrison if there's been a knock against buffalo this year it's playing within the division they are just one and two straight up and against the spread two of their three losses for buffalo coming against afc east teams including in new york or new jersey against these jets over a month ago buffalo in that game harrison a ten and a half point road favorite they lose outright by three points this sunday back in buffalo the bills a nine and a half point favorite against gang green but do you expect Harrison given what we saw earlier this year this game to be more competitive than that nine and a half point spread would say
4: you know I think there could be moments where it feels like it is competitive uh nine and this does seem like a lot of points for the Buffalo Bills to lay here considering how competitive uh the last game was But with that being said uh I think it's just uh, I think it's the books wondering if this whole Mike White thing is real Uh, Obviously, two weeks ago, he took on the Chicago Bears, and Chicago Bears are not necessarily world beaters on the defensive side of the ball. And then last week, we look at the Minnesota Vikings, despite their record, uh, one of the worst secondaries in the NFL. Uh, And since Mike White has been there, the Jets have been fifth in neutral pass rate. Can that actually now continue? in Buffalo. Now, Buffalo hasn't been great, hasn't been great as of late in their secondary, but I think we all believe they have the capabilities to, especially with Trey White getting back into form. Uh, Von Miller not being there on the, as a pass rusher could hurt them. But again, we're still talking about a secondary that has Trey White uh, and it also has Poirier as well. And now the Bills are going to be home. Uh, so we'll, we'll see how that game, how it kind of maps out one thing I did want to point out, though, if you look back at their uh, last game, Josh Allen only had a 52% completion rate, which is obviously not good, especially for somebody for, at the caliber of Josh Allen. I'm looking, I'm wondering to see how he'll operate as a rusher. And then we also saw in their last game, James Cook emerged more as a pass receiving back as well. So uh, for me, when it comes to nine points, it seems like a lot, but to be honest with you, it wouldn't surprise me. I think this is the game where I would finally start to say, all right, now I could believe in Mike White. I know the team believes in him, judging by the wardrobe that they decide to wear going into Minnesota, but I think the books will start to believe the Jets if Mike White can have a successful passing game uh, this upcoming weekend. So we'll see how that one
1: maps out. Two teams in the AFC East, the Buffalo Bills, the heavy odds on favorite to win the division. The New York Jets, though, Plus 106 is the number for the Jets in terms of making the AFC postseason. These are the top three numbers in the AFC title market, Harrison. Buffalo, the favorites, once again, plus 185. Kansas City, about 50 cents behind, plus 230. And then there's Cincy moving up this board following week 13. The Bengals, the third best number at 7-1. to one. Harrison, as you evaluate the top of the AFC title market, who would Harrison Sanford's favorite to win the AFC Championship be right now? Well,
4: I'm a Bengals fan, so I want to say the Bengals, uh, especially with them coming off of their win against Kansas City at home. But as I look at that, I think Kansas City price Kansas City's price is just way too good. you got to look at the schedule. Cincinnati is going to host Buffalo later on before the season closes. Cincinnati still has to play against Baltimore. Uh, they have a relatively tough schedule. You look at the look at the Buffalo Bills. They got the Jets this week, and then they have uh, the Miami Dolphins the week after that. I think that's, where, and then they had to end up going to Cincinnati. If you look at the Kansas City Chiefs schedule, it's almost too easy in my opinion. I mean, anytime you get to play mm-hmm. Russell Wilson two times in the span of three weeks, I would qualify that as very easy, uh, considering where the Broncos uh, offense has been so far this year, and I wouldn't be surprised. If that defense kind of throws up their arms and says we have enough at some point uh, as the season comes to an end, I love the I love the chance the city Chiefs here again. You get the t- you get the Denver Broncos, and then after they get Denver this week, they get Houston the week after that. So that's really uh, advantageous for them. And then on top of that, after that game, they host Seattle, and Seattle for as well as Geno Smith has played uh and as encouraging it might be for them for their for their fans to have seen the season that they've had they still don't they're still not a good defensive team and uh the one thing you want to make sure you can do is, is be a good defensive team if you're going to travel to kansas city so um i love the i love the Chiefs' schedule from a betting standpoint so i'm almost surprised to see they got those odds even though they don't have tiebreakers over the bills or the Bengals.
1: The Chiefs have the easiest schedule remaining in the National Football League out of 32 teams at this moment. And as I have tried to remind people, Harrison, especially now as you correlate markets and you look at the futures to win an AFC Championship, a postseason award, make sure you pay attention to the number one overall seed prices as well. That will be deemed on your regular season record. And of course, if you're the top seed, you have the only buy in your conference for a postseason and the path to a conference championship runs through your home stadium. It was the Bengals that went on the road to win an AFC title last year, Harrison, in 2021. You are a Bengals backer, and the line is working in favor of Cincy for an AFC North duel against the Browns this weekend. Six and a half points in favor of Cincinnati at home for the Bengals against the Browns. Harrison, how do you evaluate Cincy at this point? Five weeks left in this regular season. Well, I think
4: they're going to be, I think they're darn good, man. I think they have everything that they need to be successful, even though uh, losing the Wuzier at the defensive back position, I think they proved last week that they'll know uh, how to adjust. And then you're looking at this upcoming week against the Cleveland Browns. looks like they'll have Joe Mixon back as well. But I will point out this, uh, the one thing about their matchup with the Cleveland Browns. Wouldn't shock me if it was, if it was competitive. Going back to earlier this season, they did play uh, each other. With the Browns, I believe, getting that win, you had Cleveland sacking Joe Burrow five times. You had Nick Chubb with over 100 yards rushing. Meanwhile, they held Joe Mixon to 27. And one thing the Bengals did do very well, they did this past week against Kansas City, their second-half defense is one of the best in the NFL. When they started the season leading up into uh, Halloween weekend, they had not surrendered one touchdown in the second half. The team that broke that was the Cleveland Browns. Uh, so I do think this game with them and the Cleveland Browns can be a bit competitive. And one of my favorite angles that I'm going to try and look at, especially uh, as we, as probably as soon as we get off here, going we'll to even look even harder, uh, is that first half spread. And last week, tennis, uh, the tight, the, the Houston Texans covered that first half spread uh, versus the Cleveland Browns. But I think we can see a little bit different this time around now for Cleveland because there should be you would think maybe some alterations to how the cleveland is going to operate deshaun watson is going to be a bit more acclimated and for whatever it's worth the judgment aside that cleveland browns fan the cleveland browns fans as they've shown it looks like they're going to support deshaun watson uh in a larger in a large amount and i think that's going to play an impact as well so you put those pass rushers out there for cleveland you get the home crowd supporting deshaun watson who hasn't been supported anywhere for the past two years uh, I think you, and you look at the history, the recent history between these two teams, I think I would I would pick the Cleveland Browns to cover that first half spread could get out of hand in the second half, particularly with how
1: Cincinnati plays defense in that second half of the game. Bengals two straight now in cincinnati where they knocked off the chiefs last week winning that game outright as a two and a half point home underdog so kansas city looking to bounce back a golden opportunity as harrison alluded to earlier on the road against russell wilson and the denver broncos the chiefs booked currently as a nine and a half point favorite as we look at the super bowl market now harrison the chiefs have the second best price as they do in the afc the buffalo bills are the favorites to hoist the lombardi trophy as your super bowl 57 champs so the top two teams hailing from the afc the three next shortest prices all from the nfc so harrison where things stand currently as you look at the super bowl market do you favor the afc as a conference overall or would you look more at the nfc side of things uh
4: that's that's No, that's an interesting, that's an interesting way to put it. I I mean, I think the AFC teams definitely are the more talented teams for sure. Um, It's just the the problem is there's so many talented AFC teams. I don't know which one to pick. So that's the biggest challenge I would see there. Uh, But if you look at the quarterback quality between Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, uh, it's clearly there in the AFC. Um, And you look at the explosive offense the Miami Dolphins have on the NFC side, Uh, I I guess we should be looking at basically the Eagles and Cowboys here um, because of how talented the Dallas defense has been all year long and how explosive uh, the Eagles have been from an offensive standpoint and their defense being stout. But, you know, it feels crazy to say this. I don't think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are a bad bet. I mean, the, I mean, obviously the odds are long enough that it's going to bring forth a reward. Obviously, not. I don't think they'll win the whole thing. But I think they're – I wouldn't be surprised if they ended up making it to the NFC Championship game and getting there. I mean, we, Jalen Hurts has to prove it on this stage. Uh, Dak Prescott uh, has to prove it on this stage again. And, you know, we – if you're a Cowboy fan, you've c- consistently been disappointed with his playoff performance.
1: I mean, what quarterback would you trust the most in the NFC in the playoffs? Tom Brock Brady. Brady. no just kidding I, I, it would be Tom yeah. Brady in that scenario you cannot discredit Tom Brady once they get to the postseason and again out of the terrible NFC South the Bucks are the only team with an even 500 record or better they are six and six a minus 700 favorite to win the NFC South if they do they host a playoff game and if the season were to end today Harrison that would be against the Dallas Cowboys Dallas a nine and three football team a 16 and a half point favorite against the Texans on Sunday the Eagles still in the top spot in the NFC East the best record in the NFL 11 and one a six and a half point road favorite against the Giants on Sunday as well they could be neck and neck Harrison for the remainder of this year only about yep. 30 seconds left in this segment. Is there a realistic shot in your mind? The Cowboys can catch the Eagles in the NFC East?
4: I think there is a realistic shot. I do think you have to, obviously, they're going to play head-to-head one more time in Dallas. So I think the Cowboys uh, can definitely do that. I think they could win the game. So it's out there on the market. And as well as Jalen Hurts played uh, this past week, I think uh, when he goes up, we'll have to see how well they're going to play when they play a two-dimensional offense, which they did not do last week with Tennessee which is why the general manager got fired
1: yeah that was something there certainly with John Robinson being let go Harrison Sanford as always thank you so much the live betting approach with Harrison on in-game live all access all weekend long we round out the show up next Closing out our two hours together here live on this Thursday on the morning after on Sports Grid Sirius XM channel 159 it is the home for Sports Grid radio on Sirius XM all across the Spiz network that is SportsGrid. I am Ben Stevens thank you for joining us here on this Thursday a Thursday this time of year of course kicks off a new week in the NFL week number 14 starts tonight in Los Angeles inside SoFi Stadium the reigning Super Bowl champs the Rams Look, anything but the reigning Super Bowl champs, they are a six and a half point underdog against the Las Vegas Raiders. Las Vegas has won three straight games. Their postseason hopes still long, but getting a little bit better as we enter one of the final five weeks of this NFL regular season. So before we say farewell and before we say goodbye, it's time for a Thursday night football best bet. It is time for bye, bye, bye. And obviously, the offensive talent for Las Vegas has been a huge component of this three-game win streak. Derek Carr has gone over his passing yards prop tonight at 249.5 in all three wins. Josh Jacobs has gone over his rushing yards prop book for tonight at 89.5 in all three of those consecutive victories as well. And Devontae Adams has been on an absolute tear. This was all of the optimism in getting Devonte from Green Bay to reunite with his former college quarterback in Derek Carr and see these types of production in the stats market. Because when you look at Devonte Adams and his receiving yards prop tonight of 88 and a half, it's a number he's gone over in four of the last five games for Las Vegas, eight times in total this year of their 12 games, and in all eight overs. He's had at least 95 yards. This is what you'll find often in the prop market, really regardless of sport. The absolute best players on the S tier of what they do, you can't set the prop market high enough. Yes, it's lofty at 88 and a half. It's not lofty enough for Devontae Adams tonight over against the Rams. The morning after each and every weekday, live right here on Sports Grid. We'll be back on a football Friday at 9 a.m. Eastern. I'm Ben Stevens. We'll talk then.